Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to Birds All Day. I believe this is episode number 204. My name is Drew Fairservice, and uh, and yeah, this is Birds All Day. This is going to be a, a busy show, I think. There are some things about which we can talk. That doesn't make sense. Some stuff to talk about. Lots going on. Spring training is underway, but there's also, like, things. There are things happening. People are running their mouths. People are running their mouths in a different context. And then now there are a bunch of um, potential uh, former, future former Blue Jays in the mix. So joining me, as always. Uh, old Reliable. Old Reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? Well, I at least know that it's episode 203. 203? Yeah. See, I wrote, see, this is, I wrote these notes like two days ago. I was being very organized. We were just talking off air about being organized. I was determined to be organized. I started writing notes down for the show. I was writing notes down for the next vlog. I was writing notes down for the newsletter that I put out today. I was like, I'm going to be on top of this shit. Didn't write down the number of the show, of course, and then just took (laughs) it right from my phone and tried to put it in my computer. I messed up my own regular workflow, which nobody needs that. Um, speaking of workflow, uh, there's a lot to talk about today. There's lots of stuff going on. And like, we, you, we've been busy. You got takes, you got, you got, we got takes, we got content coming out of our ears. So let's start with the newsiest of the news, which is the stuff that happened here just today when we're recording on Thursday, the final day of February. The Blue Jays signed two pitchers today, two veteran pitchers. One of them is actually pretty good, kind of, potentially. Yeah. Blue Jays signed Clay Buckles. Free agent starter, and they signed Bud Norris, who was a former starter who was very bad bad at times, and now he was decent as a reliever. But Buckles, I think, is the interesting one. Um, but these are obviously future former Blue Jays, but they're Blue Jays for now. Yeah, well, the, Bud Norris was never a Blue Jay before, was he? No, I said that. No, I said they're future former Blue Jays. Like these guys have been acquired to be traded. Like that's it. Bud Norris was never a Blue Jay. He was bad for the. He was bad when he played for the Astros. He was a starter for the Astros. It was what I was saying. He used to be a starter, and now he's a reliever. There's someone who he's, I confuse with Bud Norris, who I think was a Blue Jay at some point. But you appear oh. to be correct that Bud Norris was never a Blue Jay. No, he wasn't. Well, he was not a Blue Jay. He is pro- well. They're good for little, us. This is gonna be great. First time. He's a little on the problematic side. But let's yeah. talk about Buckles. Of course, Blue Jays fans know Clay Buckles well who had a long career, uh, relatively, with the Red Sox. He was very good for quite some time. And I, I'm i not sure what... He said something wrong with his shoulder for a while. And then and then he came back. And he played for Arizona last year, which is, of course, uh, the Diamondbacks have many former Red Sox connections um, within the organization. They've sort of been poaching Red Sox. Troy Lavella was the manager in, in Arizona. Uh, Mike Hazen, is that his name? Is the GM? Right, uh, he's a former uh, lieutenant of Theo Epstein and the team, and who uh, formed the, the the Red Sox. So Buckles went to wherever that place is. He went to the desert and he pitched half the season, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> he pitched well. Yeah, he, he really made did. Sixteen yeah. starts. He was a three win guy. Who who can complain about yeah. that? It is. Uh, I believe it's a forearm thing. It's not a, a shoulder thing. It is. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, it is right flexor pronator. Mass. I don't know. There was a tear in there. Mm. That's that. That is one of his more recent injuries. That was in April 2017. That caused him to miss the whole season. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he went and went out to the desert. I think he 
was he shitting on the Royals at some point? Like, or I know somebody did that this year too, but why wouldn't anybody, you know, you want to shit on the Royals at all times possible. But uh, last year, I believe he had uh, a minor league deal with an opt out with them and then opted out and ended up in Arizona. And in the, yeah, in the second half of the year, uh, was actually quite good. I mean, he, I read something about him that was like, he's still, he's, he's played like 12 seasons as a starting pitcher and has never hit 30 starts in a season before. Um, but I, I don't, can, it, it, it's a lightning in a I bottle. I can kind of confirm thing. that. Yeah. I can confirm. It's a lightning in a bottle kind of thing, right? Like, I don't know, maybe the Jays will get something out of him. And he's obviously coming into a place where, uh, there's an opportunity, which is maybe the more interesting part of the acquisition other than you know where he's going to store all the vats of fucking suntan lotion or whatever shit he puts on his arm to to illegally grease (laughs) up those balls right in a way (laughs) he it's a similar it's almost like a left-handed greaseball j-hap right-handed greaseball j-hap where when the jays re-signed j-hap after his half season you know when he had been with seattle and then he went to the pirates and Sort of figured it all out. It was like, wow, three years, $36 million to Jay Happ. That's crazy. He sucks. Even though you could see that he didn't because yeah. he pitched so well. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's it's similar to that in, in that I, I get, I know I saw you had similar uh, sentiments on Twitter and the top Steve and lots of people were like, wow, he was really good last year. I don't want to buy it. I can't get my brain there quite yet. Um, even though it's entirely possible that he has kind of turned a corner and is healthy and and changed, you know, who he is to to re- match the fact that he's now, you know, he's going to be 34 this year. He's not the guy that was who probably threw harder and had great success with the Red Sox for a while for a decade. So, see, I kind of like that, but not the same. Obviously, I, I am glad that you read it like that uh, because I wanted to maintain the veneer of being an objective journalist. So I, I changed my tweet. From something much more incendiary about Clay Buckles, uh, because you know I I, I didn't want to. My my take wasn't necessarily that I wasn't buying his performance. My take more is that he's a greasy fucker, and I have a, I would have a hard time being, you know, enthused about cheering for him as, of course, a, an objective journalist. I never would. I think I think <laughs> I don't think that's very fair. To call him, you literally you, you you said the G word first, so. Well, because he <laughs> he literally puts fucking suntan o- lo- lotion or whatever shit on his arm so that he can strike out Blue Jays hitters. I I, I could never forgive him. And he had that, lo- and his hair was long and greasy. Yeah, so that's where the and and he he has a vibe that's not <laughs> unlike. The alien characters and they live with, like, with, with when when the sunglasses are on, uh, but nonetheless, I I didn't I didn't see the terms. Excuse me. What are the terms of the deal? I didn't see them. Oh, I I didn't either, to be honest with you. But anyway, it's uh, hey, it has lots of ramifications. So so in in a way. I mean, obviously, it's not exactly the kind of move that maybe I've been lobbying for to say they should make the team better. This is definitely a step in that direction. He is a pitcher who can make them more competitive. It's not the sort of um, if to be if I was being unkind, the kind of poo poo platter of potential number four starters that the Blue Jays were looking to run out at some point last year uh, and coming into this year. 
where Buckles maybe has a bit of a higher ceiling, but more than anything, it's it's another trade, it's another signing that has been made with an eye on moving him at the trade deadline or contingent on him pitching well. But now you're looking at a season with uh, Shoemaker and Buckles and Stroman and Sanchez and then somebody else. Yeah, well, that's I well I alluded to that. I think you know the the you know how he fits into this picture is is quite interesting, right? Like, I mean, does if if it means Baraki because Ross Atkins the uh, the other week, as people got so outraged about, was you know basically put Clayton Richard in in the, Richard in the uh, rotation already, and people were like, oh, but hasn't Ryan Baraki earned it? He had a great you know run of seventeen starts last year. Um, has struggled a couple times here in spring already, but uh, it's somebody obviously the Jays believe in, I think, a lot and is at, ahead of the Panones, you know, in terms of stuff and in terms of, you know, what he's already, you know, been able to do, uh, minors and majors and everything else. Uh, so, that, you know, if, they, if, if they're if they insistent on that about uh, Clayton Richard uh, and it bumps Baraki out of the rotation, that is perhaps an interesting question, though... I would imagine that if Baraki does anything whatsoever to, you know, earn it on merit, uh, they won't hesitate to push Richard or or even Buckles uh, uh, aside. Maybe not Buckles, though. That's the thing, because there that it is definitely a, uh, an attempt to turn to spin, you know, straw into gold, right? I mean, gre- I gre- mean... greasy straw, greasy straw. Let's be clear. You're trying to spin you spin it fast enough that the grease flies off, and then <laughs> right, what you're yeah. left with yeah. is, uh, is is a wonderful textile from which you can <laughs> form the fabric of the ne- next great Blue Jays team. Uh, according to John Heyman, uh, Buckles gets three million guarantee with three million in incentives, which you can only assume is related to appearances, games pitched. Oh, oh no! Started, no. Oh. No, no, oh, we're really they're tying it to his appearance because that's well. No, I, 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 I assumed. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> it's still 2010, right? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going. What's wrong, baby? Uh, so yeah, three million plus three million for 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 buckles. Um, you know that I guess some of the talk. You know, John Lott for the Athletic kind of did, did a, a snapshot of the deal and what it means for the team, and maybe maybe then Buckles is the guy. Sorry, uh, Rich, Richards is the guy. Richard is the guy that might swing or might go back to the bullpen. Um, you know, whether or not that how that makes him happy or not, I think does he have one more year after this one left on his? I believe deal? he does. Yeah, I think it's like arbitration eligible or something like that. I right, can't remember right. what it is, but. So he's going to want to go into, you know, have get a good running start into free agency so he can look at getting the exact same deal that Clay Buckles got today, Basically. two years from now. Yeah. But uh, but it's, it's if nothing, if not interesting, it's a guy who's been around the American League East, you know, before. He was a different guy then, presumably, but um, at least it's not someone who's going to be, you know, scared off, so to speak. I mean, all the home runs will take care of that themselves, but he won't be phased by the fact that he's giving up all those home runs. Uh, <laughs> same with Matt Shoemaker. These are consummate pros who will not get next strain when they are getting bombarded by um, the other teams in the division. I'm, I'm, um, I'm I'm a, I, I like this. I like this deal. I, yeah. I like it. I, there's no. There's. I mean, the downside is that he's hurt, and or he he is just serving up home runs all the time. To which you haven't really lost anything. I don't think. No, I mean, there's, there's, 
you know, having, go, Gar- go, go ahead. having Garcia last year, they showed that they will happily just get the fuck rid of you if you suck. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, also, I think I, I feel I feel one of my heel turns coming on because yeah, you know what? Maybe having Clay Buckles is is, is awesome if you think about it. Because <laughs> if he gets the shit kicked out of him, it's like good fuck Clay Buckles. Is that what you're trying he to was say? Gr- he was great last year with the with the stupid shitty Diamondbacks. I like that Diamondbacks team. By the way, I, I'm surprised they they faded as fast as they. Uh, as they did. There's good teams in that division. I, I don't know. I kind of like what they got going on down there. What, what did you What did you say his ERA was there last year? Is it two nine or something like that? Two point one. Oh, two point zero one. That's, <laughs> that's really good. That's actually really good, right? Yeah. Yeah, he pitched well. I mean, his his peripherals weren't as strong, so his Fangraphs was like worth two wins, and that baseball runs was worth three. But I don't know. He kept the runs off the board, and he pitched. Uh, you know, he played, went out there sixteen times and pitched pitched okay. Five and dive? I don't care. It's 2019. That's all anyone could ever ask of anyone in this day At and age. At this point, yeah. No. Um, so, yeah, there's not a lot to like it. And the <laughs> there's nothing to lose. If he's bad, yeah. if, he gets, if he gets the shit kicked out of him, they've shown that they will happily cut bait. Um, and, and I think that that's... That's the he's at the right kind of echelon. Like you're not going to do it with Matt Harvey, for example. Like you don't sign Matt Harvey, who got $11 million guaranteed. He's not a... Cut him in June if he's bad, sort of guy. That's a bit more of a, a bit more profound uh, didn't investment. Did the Jays play pay Garcia like ten million dollars? That was, I know that was last year, and the market. But that was, I think that was because of the option that was attached to that too. But anyway, perhaps, that, yeah, yeah. Fair, fair, fair. But but Matt Harvey has ceiling. The Buckholes' ceiling is what you saw last year. He won't be it's, presumably he won't be that good again. That's what's going on <laughs> I, in the limb. I think that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> but I think the bigger point, and this is something that that I've. Thought a lot about recently is that not a single one of the guy the Jays young pitchers who are waiting, uh, who are on the next four or five on the depth chart, not a single one of those guys should ever be considered blocked. Like those right. aren't blocked guys; those are guys who are waiting for their turn, right? Like if if any of those guys, if Sean Reed Foley figures out how to throw strikes, if if Baruchy can show the early the early Dunedin based velocity gains that, that he's made where someone was talking about he's been touching ninety five. Gregor Chisholm was, was tweeting about it today. He's touching ninety five in his two starts so far with a Dunedin gun. So I don't know if you if that's as reliable as <laughs> well, I, and he, more... I think he didn't he also say like oh Brucky thinks that maybe the velocity's too much and it's his slider or his sinker was uh, flattening out. Oh I didn't I didn't see that. That's There's interesting something to like hear that as well. Too, yeah. But anyway so less, yeah. Barucky, Pannone, Reed Foley, everybody else that's in that next uh, level, those guys are going to be fighting for a spot now and probably for the next, for the foreseeable next two or three years. Yeah. I mean, if, if they can settle into like a Sean Markham kind of thing where they're like really good and, and kind of surprisingly good uh, for a couple of years, that's great. If not, whatever, no big deal. I mean, not no big deal, but. It's their career that they but, love. <laughs> right. But no, but I think you're absolutely right that it's like, you know, uh, a lot I think is made of, you know, these are the next guys and these are the guys at AAA and they've they've dispatched with AA and they're ready to make the step to the big leagues. But like nobody would actually want to give Thomas Pannone like 30 starts in the big leagues right now, especially not without cover or, or even Baraki who did so well last year and all these guys. You know what you're really looking at, and what the 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 Jays have said over the years, without you know saying it, you know, as maybe as like bitingly to these poor bastards. But it's like 
you'll be happy if one of them turns into, you know, something that's that, like that is a Sean Markham, that is a Marco Estrada, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, or if the, that the... if that happens to one of these guys, that's a huge, that's a great outcome. And so to think of them as like, oh, you're blocking the future, it's like, no, they <laughs> let let's see them dominate AAA more. Like we we're we're totally fine with not accepting that they have put AAA to bed yet. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and like Nate Pearson, obviously because of the stuff, because of the ceiling. Yeah. If he really starts to show that he's putting it, putting it together and he has a you know successful trip through double A when he should he ever when he gets there, that's the kind of guy that you're like, okay, let's carve out some starts and need to give him some runway. Let's let him see what he can do and like make a concerted effort to Ensure he has that clear the track a little bit. The other guys they'll they'll get their starts and, and they'll get they'll obviously have their their chance. Um, given the given the names uh, you know that that we're looking at for the Blue Jays rotation today compared to at the end of the season when we were like what are they going to do next year? <laughs> it's right. it's going to be it's going to be Stroman and Sanchez and then all these kids, but it's not going to be that. It's not going to be that at all. And and those <laughs> guys will all get their chance. And I'm sure that the the starting rotation by the end of the year will go up and look and be like. This guy got four starts in <laughs> August. What the fuck? But, Wait, uh, but yeah. so are you suggesting that a rotation with Clay Buckles, Matt Shoemaker, and Aaron Sanchez, there might be a chance for some AAA pitchers to to get some starts in there? Yeah, no, they're just, it just turned it back the clock, back to 2016, where they sent six guys out there, and that was it. That's all you need. And that's like, the, they and just I think, cloned Mark Burley. And if guys come up, if a Pannone comes up, and and you know does great in the starts that he has or you know or if any of those guys do that then yeah they will they will obviously become in if they if either in the conversation to take a job or they will take a job or they'll go back and will be looked at differently and it's 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 really a process uh which is i know a terrible word to use when you're you know armchair gming at this point but uh but i i think of it also like kevin pilar how he's still fucking here because for two years, Dalton Pompey and Anthony Alford, all they had to do was like look the part, look what everybody at, like what everybody thinks they can be at AAA, and they just start cutting started cutting into Pilar's playing time, mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that Pilar is just so durable and so good with the glove and so okay enough with the bat to be passable has kept him going for a really long time. And you know, if you think of it similarly, you wouldn't have wanted. You know Anthony Alford to be run out there exposed if he was even healthy for 162 games last year, and in the same way, you know maybe that's not what you want for Baraki or Panone or Wagwisback or Julian Merriweather or whoever the fuck else is going to end up in Buffalo. Trent Thornton maybe he's going to be in the big league bullpen. I don't know. There's some those are kind of interesting guys. Perez, Paulinho. People are excited by Trent Thornton. That's, I've heard his name or read his name quite a bit. He's got that weird wind-up. I th- he had really good uh, numbers last year, uh, mm-hmm. I believe, in AAA. But I read, it's in the at least in the Fangraphs uh, top prospects list for the Jays, they were mm-hmm. like, yeah, he was pitching every seventh day or something like that. They had him on a weird schedule. So they are kind of like, yeah, you can't expect his stuff to be as great as it was in a you know a once every you know five you know a regular turn in the rotation so mm-hmm. uh, so maybe dial back some of that excitement but also that means that he could be an interesting and useful you know multi-inning reliever or an opener or something like that uh but yeah he seems like a guy who's 
at least uh, you know once once the fucking dust settles around camp and then we actually start talking about like you know who's gonna be the bullpen at this point um that'll be an interesting name i think to watch as well though now bud norris is in here blocking his way now bud norris is here blocking his way um bud norris is as classic a not great team gets a decent reliever and see what they can do and then turn them around like they did last year the jays uh, did as far as those arbitrage cases go the jays did well last year looking to do it again with norris um, two years ago too joe smith saying well no they've uh they've done all right oh it was last year yeah and joe smith was the year before no, you're right. Yes, and Clipper. They didn't trade Clipper. They kept Clipper, and now he plays for someone else again. Another <laughs> they, team. Yeah, they kept. I mean, they, he was just so dear to their hearts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's integral to the entire operation. Now John Oxford, of course, is back. But yeah, so the Jays are kind of pulling together the team. What? What's his? I can't even. The guy at the back of the bullpen that throws really Ken Giles. Like, I don't know the bull, the bullpen is is the bullpen will be similar to last year, without the horrific case uh, off the field incident that marred the season uh-huh. and reframed the bullpen discussion presumably ken giles will not go full insane scumbag and do something terrible and then we can talk about baseball on this baseball podcast instead of labor or legal issues and we can say like hey, the bullpen's fine that's probably what we'll say i honestly think there's some really well, this is a, it's a double-edged sword, I guess, or that maybe not be the right metaphor, but we'll go with that. Uh, because I think they have some really interesting potential bullpen pieces you know, coming forward. Uh, the problem is that a lot of people right now think they're starters and they're going to try them. As, like Sean Reed Foley, uh, probably, probably not going to be good enough to be a starter, but I think would be a really good relief piece. Uh, Hector Perez, I think they're probably going to keep starting. Uh, but he's, you know, Perez and... Uh, Reed Foley, David Paulino, Thornton we've talked about. like Those are guys who could actually make up a pretty interesting-looking bullpen, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, In addition to the Taperas and the Axfords and now Bud Norris and Giles and Joe Biagini's still there. And, and uh, you know, I don't think they're going to stop Reed Foley from being a starter anytime soon. And maybe um, Perez, I'm not sure. but uh, And even Paulino uh, mostly started last year and pitched out of the bullpen for the Jays at the end of the season. But uh when he was in houston was mostly a starter he's a guy that's you know in that mix too and i don't know actually if they've really defined roles for a lot of these guys yet uh, but how if you can i don't know if you're not sure he's going to be a starter like 100 relief innings out of these guys uh could be a real interesting way to go and i think they have a lot of uh big arms tim mays as the lefty and uh, he uh I think had was it last year or was the year the the year before that he had. Uh, it felt like he was terrible all the time, but actually, like if you looked at some of the peripherals, it was like, oh, he's striking everybody out. It's actually a kind of an interesting relief arm there as well as a, a, a guy with some velocity as a left-hander. I don't know. I, I, the, the bullpen is actually a bit of an area of intrigue for me. I, I guess is what I'm trying to spit out. I Tim Mesa is the guy that I like want to love like I, I want it all to happen for tim Mesa because he's i'm sorry maybe that that's not right i don't i don't know anything about him I, <laughs> okay yeah i want 
a big, enormous, hard-throwing lefty in the bullpen is what yeah, I want. It's fair. fun to watch yeah, a guy yeah. who can throw hard and, like, strike everybody out. So if it clicks for him, that's, like, that's awesome. That's a really good and fun and valuable piece to have. Obviously, we'll have images of Andrew Miller dancing in our head. It's not going to be that. But he can be useful and he can be fun. And, and you're right. I think that his the one year his numbers... Yeah, so two year, last year, sorry, 2017, he struck everybody out. And didn't walk that many people, but he had a hard time keeping the ball in the ballpark a little bit. And then last year he was um, better, but also not as like, not as cool. Like his, you know, his feeling independent numbers were were up, but his but are you just was are you just reading up. this off an internet page right now? I am. I was trying to put it all together, oh, trying to figure okay, out which okay. was which. I was but like, I wow, that's that. pretty. That was pretty, I was pretty impressed for a second. No, 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 I'm reading. Yeah, but as soon as it started to fall apart, I could, I could have <laughs> almost pulled that off. But yeah, yeah no, he was good. Uh, he he has a lot to offer, and he's a guy that I hope will get a chance to um, to really kind of see if he can round into form, see if he can put the two pieces together, so you can bring the strikeouts back up, keep the you know the walks down, keep the ball in the ballpark, all that good stuff, and maybe get a right hander out from time to time. You wouldn't complain. So there are definitely exciting or interesting pieces in the. Uh, there are definitely exciting and interesting pieces in the bullpen. You, you, oh, you got through the last one, but you just couldn't. The second one you just couldn't do it. I'm choking on. I'm choking. I'm choking in my own scorn <laughs> for my own mortality, weakness. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's, there's no really other than by the fact that Bud Norris is shitty. A per, like seems like a shitty guy. He's said a lot of shitty stuff. Done shitty stuff. Hazing and made some very. Uh, problematic comments about foreign players and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, not cool. Yeah. Not cool, but maybe yeah. then he just, just pitch well enough, long enough that they can trade him and then he could be somebody else's problem. Or pitch poor enough in spring training that they're like, yeah, fuck you. Never a, ba- never a bad thing. All, everything's on the table. <laughs> right. 2019 Blue Jays. Or like Scott, Mor- a- <laughs> Scott Morris and Bryce Harper. We got a full buffet here. Could do whatever we want. That's why it took us four months to decide which uh, which trade to start at here. They wanted the trade that had three hundred thirty million dollars in it, <laughs> and that it took them thirteen years to get it. Over thirteen years. <laughs> that deal is crazy. Lower average, no opt out. Lower average annual value than John Lester. Oh wow. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Manny Machado, and I was all ready to crow, because like three years ago, I said, if I was running a team, I'd rather give my money to Machado than Harper. And people were like, well, you're an idiot. And I'm like, well, that's not untrue. But <laughs> I was all vindicated. But um, I don't know. The Phillies are interesting, I guess, but that's a that's a crazy deal. The, look, uh, look you when, you can, when you can get a three-and-a-half win outfielder for $330 million, you have to do it. If you have the chance to sign J.D. Drew for 13 full fucking years, <laughs> there's no way you can say no to that. Yeah. Um, but although, the, I think, you know, you know, Saris for the, at the Athletic wrote a piece that said basically the way the deal is structured gives the Phillies the opportunity if they need or want to, uh, if, they have, if they have the opportunity to make a run at Mike Trout in two years. Which... I, as far as I'm concerned, I'm all for that. I don't, I don't have any problem with that whatsoever. Yeah, that's like a, uh, a what is it, like a 16 win outfield there between <laughs> between Trout's uh, 13 and Harper's three. 
Uh, but if just think about, but like uh, jokes aside, so Manny Machado is a really, 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 really good player. That's not a joke. And Bryce, <laughs> Bryce Harper's a really good player too. But if you're if those guys, so those guys have earned the money that they got t- t- this last couple weeks. So even though they the the game seems bound and determined not to pay full value. Mike Trout is going to make such an astounding amount of money. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Uh, uh, and it, all he had to do to get it was be the best player in ever, and, and and he gets to be get paid like eventually at some point. Um, let's move on. So speaking of the best player ever, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. <laughs> his general manager. <laughs> he might not hold that same opinion. Uh, Ross Atkins was on MLB Network Radio. They do like a every day in every camp thing. And they had Ross Atkins on. And Ross Atkins, who usually speaks in a very cryptic corporate fashion, kind of opened up a little bit. And he said some things. And he said... Now, the quote has been taken a little bit out of context. But he definitely said, in as many words, or in the words that he chose to use, yeah, uh, he's not, I just don't see a bit. I just don't see him as a big leaguer. He's nineteen. Well, he's never technically been in the big leagues, so technically, by the, the strictest definition, he is not a big leaguer. Check and mate. Yeah, lamestream media. Don't be trying to publish your <laughs> fake news. Rosakin said what he said. Yeah. Don't be. Don't be twisting. Uh, no, he went on and said they want him to be the best player they could be. Uh, they lied, I believe. Well, is that, is that unfair to say that he's up there lying? Unfair. I was, I was, told, I, I was told that they stretched the truth, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> either way. Do you remember when you first heard the term plausible deniability? Uh, or when I, I, I don't I, know. Was it in a film? I don't know. No, I, I think. But, I know the. I, know I think the term. it was in. I think it was like an X Files thing, where on the X Files they were like, "Well, they don't tell the president about Area Fifty One, or no, it was in Independence Day actually." Now that I think about, it. okay, okay, <laughs> where it was like, "No, they don't tell the president about Area Fifty One, so that that he can have he or she in the movie it was a he can have plausible deniability when asked about it. Like, are there is there an alien base camp out in the middle of the desert where you're examining spaceships?" He says, "No, because he doesn't know," and so this. When Atkins is like on the radio protesting too much that Vladimir Guerrero does not belong in the big leagues, it seems like it's like no grievance. That's all I can hear him saying. Yeah. When his mouth is moving, he's saying no grievance. Weird that he would do that. Weird that the guy whose you know literal only objective is to not fall into a grievance trap uh, would would you know elicit that reaction from him. Uh. Which he has to go. He's he's being too careful. I think he's getting too smart, too cl- too too clever. That's the lengths he's going to. Because um, there was another great story, an interview with Chris Bryant this week that talked about his experience going through as having his service time manipulate manipulated, and he was like, "Yeah, it's awful." And it was like a big joke with the Cubs almost, where when they magically called him up because Mike Old got hurt, and then. They were like, oh, he's ready now. And Theo Epstein's like smirking away in a press conference. Like, eh. And this is after Chris Bryant. So in the story, Bryant reveals that he knew it was going to happen. He knew it wasn't going to get called up at the end of 2014. 
because even though he had hit similarly to how Vlad Guerrero Jr. hit a double A and a triple A, he was also he, like twenty nine at the time. So much, much, much <laughs> older. Stupid like that, but yeah. But he still hit like a maniac. But they didn't call him up, and he was like, "Well, now I'm not going to make the team out of spring, no matter what." But he went and hit, by his uh, assertion, just worked his ass off. All winter long. Not that he doesn't do that. No, he didn't do it last winter. But he was just, <laughs> he came into spring. He was ready to go. And then he hit, like, he put up like a 1900 OPS in the spring of 2015. He had nine home runs in 14 games for the Cubs. And then they sent him down AAA. <laughs> oh, that's right. They made him start the season at AAA. Yeah, yeah. And so he was like, wow, what the fuck? And then they said, oh, you got to work on your defense. And he's like, I got three ground balls the entire time I was down there. <laughs> I, yeah, that was delightful that he said that. So here's the thing. And so well, oh, my no, point, okay, apologies. Please, please continue, continue. Hold, 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 hold your thought. You'll be right there. All I yeah. want to say is, so through all that, through the, the the president of the team smirking his way through press conferences, through by anyone's uh, belief that this is the best player for the job at third base for the Cubs in 2015, he still didn't make it. And that grievance went nowhere. So Ross Atkins doesn't really, he's going too far to the other side. Just let it go. But anyway, sorry, your point. I well, hope you still it, have it. I do. It, but isn't, isn't the grievance, uh, grievance still pending? I don't know. The, I don't think so. Would, he, would it be pending if he had if he was speaking of it so openly? I thought it was over. Maybe I'm wrong. It could but. be now. But, uh, the last, uh, I don't know. I remember writing about it like after this season and it was still uh, up in the air, as I, as I recall. Uh, be that as it may, uh, you know, I, I like, Vlad, like listening to whatever Vlad thinks. He'll he's going to say the nice, you know, whatever he wants to say. He's he's not in Bryant's position, who obviously has been in, you know, with the Cubs longer, is a more, you know, is not going to defer to them on, on all things. But Vlad, as I wrote in the piece that I wrote about this this week, uh, is basically like I've his quote to Stephen Brunt in the fall was, "I've been waiting to play in the big leagues nineteen years. What's another three weeks?" and my speculation, because I obviously have no idea what the what the thing is, but like he, he is the son of somebody who did very very well uh, off the economic system that was you know put in place by the CBAs that are doing the same things right now to Vlad Junior. I you know I he I, I obviously can't speak for him or you know who knows he said what he said and and we can speculate whatever uh, and that's not a reason to not be like hey this is fucking absurd but i think it's it's perhaps an interesting thing though uh uh apparently the player association is is looking into it and uh, the whole i mean the whole thing is just such a it it and this i did maybe didn't get to it enough in the piece that i wrote this but it, the whole thing is just such an embarrassment and i thought that the the you know the best commentary about it was uh david roth deadspin who was, was like it just you know it just takes it demeans and takes away from the thing that everybody loves about the sport which is the fucking sport the actual game of baseball and it's like we're out here having to parse somebody's lies or talk ourselves out of being outraged by the fact that somebody's just baldly lying to us because he has to and we all know he has to and and you know apparently some people will fucking quibble with that but it's just it's just be realistic it's just that's what's going to happen that's what's happening all over the game it's not vlad and just vlad it's you know bryant then it's acuna last year it's uh eloy this year as well uh 
it's just a it, it, it's a it's a part of the system that's being exploited and is going to continue being exploited until it's fixed and it does it gets frustrating and i know a lot of fans are frustrated that we're, we're probably frustrated right now that we're talking about it because it's like yeah we know we all know he's he's going to have his service time manipulated and then it'll be over and he'll be here uh it doesn't make it any better that the you know the teams are so willing to uh to to exploit that loophole because really i think for me at least is is that it just it's a, it 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 exposes you know what they're doing on minor leaguers' salaries and how they're just they will they would pay these guys absolutely nothing if they could get away with doing it and that's what's so fucking weird about it and so weird about taking the stance which I guess I did a bit in the piece this week but like uh, the the stance that okay we you know we get it because it's not right to <laughs> to, just, to just sort of wave it away. Uh, considering what they're what they're doing and what it says about their other practices but at the same time i mean it's easy to to have the opinion that yeah the system's fucked up and broken it needs to be fixed and also yeah i get why ross atkins is weirdly lying to us there's no need to be upset that oh i've been lied to sir sir good sir how dare you lie to me it's like you know what's you know what's going on here. It's like being mad at a at a fucking you're at a play being mad at somebody for speaking in an accent. You know I I don't know. I think that the issue is, and I think the thing that has been lost a little bit in this discussion about the specific discussion about service time is that it's not it's not a it's not a rule. That they have to do it, and then to not do it would be like a, a like a gracious move on the part of the league. The reason he has to lie is because, or he does lie, and the reason they have to make do it under these pretenses about fielding and base running and being a good teammate is because if they, because what they're doing is not allowed. Yeah. Right, because it's they have to, in good faith, put the best team on the field. It's a bad faith move. And as soon as an arbitrator is able to prove that or is able to see it in that way beyond any whatever is the the, the burden of, of proof in that arbit- arbitrator's setup, I, I can't pretend like I have any idea about that stuff. But like that's why they lie. It's not they're not lying to be dicks to the fans. They lie because they have to because they don't have any other recourse for doing it. They have to cover up the fact that. What they're doing runs – it contravenes the written – the way that the, the the collective bargaining agreement is written. If it wasn't, if it was just like this is what happens, then no one would bother with any of this – the sideshow. But they ha- they do bother because they have to do it. And that is, I think, the thing that has become – I think we, a lot of us have grown into it. Yeah. But there's, there's more noise that's being made about it because – just because you have the ability to to exploit something doesn't mean that you have to do it. Doesn't mean just because yeah. you're it's an option doesn't mean it is mandatory. It's no, you're not negligent if you don't bend the rule as far as you can to your benefit, because that, that there's only one party in this that benefits, and it's the 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 
mid to long term financial benefit to the team. Like there's no other benefit to it. And I think that's the thing that that fans uh, and and people around the game and people who write about the game as the pool of people who write about the game and the and the way and the space for us to cover the game has changed. Some that conversation has changed as well. And I don't think it's a bad thing. And I get that there are people who are sick to death of it because in a lot of ways we're beating our heads against a, a very sturdy wall uh, of that that exists in every other walk of life as well. Yeah, um, that, that's it, the thing, I think, right? And I, it's not and, and and the Vlad Guerrero Juniors of the world for all intents and purposes, do not make very sympathetic victims. Because he's going to be yeah. a millionaire either way. Chris Bryant, six foot five, like beautiful, rich, successful Chris Bryant, is not a good. He's not a good poster boy for the downtrodden union. Uh, you know, the, these he's not a he's not a guy dying of black lung getting <laughs> strike breakers snapping his legs. He's not that at all. So it doesn't make a, it doesn't make for a compelling case for people who watch the games for a very specific reason. But just because they are, because of the, the, the maximum leverage allowed by law that the, that the one side in this, in this equation is, is leaning on is, 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 is um, they're using, using all that leverage. It just makes for a really, it leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Oh, yeah. I mean, to be on the side, I mean, I, I, you'd look at the the world, basically, um, mm-hmm. not to get super political or anything, but, I mean, the people operating in bad faith is, you know, a part of a conversa- the conversation about just the world in general that I think has grown in... Uh, in the last couple of years, as it's been more waved in people's faces that bad faith operators can be really successful and not even pretend that they're not operating in bad faith. And you kind of feel grimy about looking at this this way, which maybe which maybe you don't. I, I you know, I ne- don't necessarily I wrote today, I, you know, that Atkins would be derelict in his duties if he didn't do this. Basically, and I got some pushback on that. Sure, okay, uh, you know that's not necessarily what I think. I mean, that's maybe a shitty cop out, but 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 like that's how they see it. I'm quite sure. And yeah, it's shitty to think about, you know, to put yourself on a on a or to feel like you're having to take a side, uh, especially when yeah, like you say, this is obviously bad faith in terms of how not just in a like spiritual way or some bullshit, but like literally in terms of like the contract between the, the mm. players and the owners and the CBA uh, and, and to see not just this example, like, you know, I, I understand why people are, get so frustrated about it. I don't know that, they, that that's necessarily what everybody gets frustrated with. The people that I respect that get frustrated about this, uh, you know, yeah. Cause there's just, there's so much, of that going on everywhere and it, and it's like oh it, it's so disgusting that it's successful when people they're just like taking advantage of loopholes that allow them to operate in bad faith and get what they want uh when you know the rest of the world is kind of has a you know as 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 decent moral people 
expect that you're not going, you know, that everybody comes into everything is in good faith and watching that get exploited is very frustrating. Uh, and it's very frustrating to be talking about economics and labor issues when, you know, you just want to see Vlad out there every day hitting dingers, and the whole thing is just—that's uh, all you want. It's a joke. It's a—it's a—it's it, you. Under, I, I understand why I did, but and I think that I think that David Roth's point to go back to that, which I pointed to in the piece that I wrote, is that you know, uh, it's it's something that that just doesn't get considered by you know. It's like oh, this is just a function of the CBA, and you can talk about it in those terms all you want, but it's like it's demeaning was the word that he used, and that that is just. The whole fact that we are talking about this goddamn thing again is just not what any of us wants to be here doing. The the worst part, one of the one the last part on it, and, and the silliest part of it all is that in another year or so or two years, no no one will be talking about it at all, and it won't. It, in the like, I don't think that in the end it will have really mattered that much. I mean, I mean, is it? Will it really matter? I mean, if I don't know what I'm trying to think of, of a of a case like the cases where it ends up really mattering are so few and far between. Even Mike Trout, right? They called Mike Trout up a little bit early. Uh, but then they then they left him down at the beginning of the other year. But he signs an extension and it kind of just goes away anyway. Bryce Harper is one. Okay, so so if they had waited to call, if they had if they hadn't done it, if they had called him up, even though he was 18 years old and like not nearly as as proven, I don't know. Bryce Harper kind of they brought him up when he was ready. You know, one that I don't know this necessarily that his his service time was manipulated. He he raced through the minor leagues and got called up when he was ready. And Juan Soto and Acuna. Uh, we'll we'll see. So I think that's the silly part. That if in seven years we're like, oh God, doesn't look like the Jays are going to re-sign Vlad. The good thing they did this. I mean, if we have if we're having that conversation in twenty twenty five or twenty twenty four, shoot me, shoot me if we're still talking about twenty twenty four. Is another and way. That, something yeah. will have gone terribly, terribly wrong along the way. Absolutely. Yeah. So speaking of things going terribly, terribly wrong. <laughs> uh, just like in in hockey tonight, the New York Islanders won the Stanley Cup by beating the Leafs at home in John Tavares's uh, return to Long Island. The people of Long Island were uh, were very, 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 very bitter and petty in the face of John Tavares choosing to go play for his hometown team. Troy Tulowitzki won the World Series the other day when he hit a home run against the Blue Jays in his first at bat of the spring, uh, and it was kind of amazing. Because Troy Tulowitzki, um, so I get the sense that a lot, and it, because they people who like the Blue Jays watch the Blue Jays, there wasn't a, everyone knew that Troy Tulowitzki was really good, and then he got traded to the Blue Jays, and he was Troy Tulowitzki when he was here, which is to say he was really good, and then he was hurt, and then he was only okay, and he was kind of a red ass at times, but he was on the Blue Jays, so it was hilarious. Like always getting into arguments with Steven Souza and 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 the, yeah. when he when yeah. he lost it on Sam Dyson in Game Five of the in the ALDS when yeah. Dyson slapped him on the ass and Tula just wasn't having it. Those were just like things that happened because those things happen to Troy Tulowitzki all the time because he's a fucking maniac. And this is something that has been widely understood by people across yeah. baseball that Tulo's nuts and that he's a baseball rat and he's just so intense and so like aggro and just ready to go. 
So in spring training, he had a home run off Marcus Stroman. He wrapped it around the inside of the of the opposite field foul pole, and proceeded to like scream his way around. The I counted at least three let let's goes. Uh, he was just so. And then he had the best part was he didn't back down in the quotes after. Ordinarily, you'd be like, yeah, you know, it's spring training. Just trying to get him swings in. It was nice to get one. I hadn't played, you know, in a while. He was like, no, nah, fuck every single one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just, an, just an amazing one. Stroman just smiling away on the mound. Uh, so, I mean, and then he hit another home run today. God bless Troy Tulowitzki if he's able to uh, dead cat bounce his way to a nice season for the Yankees. But uh, I know you wrote about this this week. What, what, what is your take on this whole affair too low? Yeah, I, I mean, I, well, part of me is like, I, you know, you get it. I, I think I wrote about, you know, being an old idiot now and, and being just such a sucker for, oh, this guy, they're counting this guy out at 30, he's 34. And they're like, he's too old. Fuck everybody. I'm, I'm on team too low kind of a thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Jace obviously tried to, avoid having a distraction with him was kind of the crux of my piece which is you know much more boring than uh <laughs> talking about what a goddamn maniac he is but <laughs> but uh you know because that was part of the rationale right i mean obviously they did want somebody to you know man shortstop you know be the clayton richard of shortstop which freddie galvis or galvis apparently they're saying on the radio again i don't know now uh is you know, a guy who can be the Kevin Pillar that we talked about this week and last as well. You know, that, that get a, you know, please, Lord Escurio, like, play shortstop good enough so that we don't have to play Freddie. Uh, and, you know, I, I think it was, uh, so they, they could use a guy like that. Uh, they, they wanted somebody durable. They looked at Tulo and they're like, he's one, he's not durable. Two, he's obviously not going to move out of the way when the kids are ready to play. Uh, and so they got rid of him, and it was a you know a, a, I think a, what should have been a, a, a mutually beneficial thing. They did it at a, at a, a good time uh, for him in terms of like getting another opportunity. They didn't just hold him until the end of spring training and then cut him and, and you know leave him to a market that would obviously have a lot fewer spots for him. Uh, and yet, because he's obviously a maniac, this uh, that is not that's not good enough. They told him that he couldn't play, and uh, and. He, despite the fact that he's not going to be this distraction which he would have uh just because oh is he healthy is he going to, who's he taking playing time away from who's he's not getting out of the way of i mean that would have been a whole thing uh they got rid of the distraction but now they have another because he's right in the division uh just shit talking like that it's a it's it's kind of a wonderful thing it's a great distraction because who cares if troy Tulowitzki is great for the yankees this year that would actually be hilarious it truly would be hilarious. It is like all of those old cliches about the slapping the pinstripes on a corpse. And then, <laughs> right. I think John Olrood had one of those years with the with the, with the Yankees. But uh, if ever there was a player that the Blue Jays front office did right by, it was Troy Tulowitzki. The way that they went about it, the way that they, you know, by all reports, and I think Tulo has said as many as much in in his Tulowitzki way, where he. Um, you know, they brought him, they pulled him aside, they had a meeting with him, they told him this is what we're going to do, and this is the opportunity, hopefully, that you can, you know, go find your next next gig. And he did. It It worked out. It's it's, a, it's as close to a win-win um, 
as as any of these types of situations can be. But again, this is you know too low, too low is too low, and we 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 saw that he taught you know the stories that were coming out about how he he's like I don't trust anybody anymore after he got traded. <laughs> <laughs> right, he's just a wild man. He's a wild dude, and and just super intense. And again, hopefully he uh, he he has a nice season, and hopefully he he has can put together. A couple nice years at the end of his career because he was one of the best players that uh, of his generation for for a long time, and it was great to have him here. And, and a lot of things that happened here wouldn't have happened without Trey Tulitsky. And now he's a good and reliable villain as well. So because he was here long enough that, and he was here for good times, but he also um, was hurt enough that people absolutely in Toronto absolutely turned on him. They were just so ready, and then you saw that in the comments where they're just like, "He's a clown, fuck that guy." Oh yeah, he's going to be hurt by opening day, blah blah. Like all the shitty some human subhumans that come out of the woodwork and reply to the main accounts of or at MLB, and uh, they were all out in full force. So Tulo is full is a heel, and he's ready to like just he'll be soaking up. They'll be booing him on whatever he plays in Toronto. It'll be awesome. He'll love it. He'll love every second of it. He'll fuel. His maniacal fire. <laughs> Can't wait. That's pretty great. It is great. Uh, and of course, he hit the home run off Marcus Stroman. I don't know. Nothing to worry about, right? Spring training home run. Whatever. He, he tossed him a cookie. Come on. Conspiracy. Center, center, yeah. center, center, 93 sinker. Yeah. <laughs> but you, th- you throw that pitch a hundred times to Troy Tobliski. I don't know if he's going to be able to hit it <laughs> over the fence in the right field. To, like to three, oh, 316 whole feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's it. This has been pretty good. Keep it tight, you know, get in under under an hour. Keep it all on topic. You know, we do, sometimes we do a ramble. But uh, you got anything else? You got anything to add? I do not. I do not. You got anything, nothing to add. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be, this is going to do it for this edition of Birds All Day. I, uh, if you haven't, if you are a Patreon subscriber, you've been getting the Vlad Religion uh, newsletters. What two went out this week? You got one on Monday and one today here on Thursday. So check your inbox. Don't be afraid to reach out. Feedback. If you don't want them anymore, unsubscribe. Don't worry about it. I, I It absolutely hurts my feelings, but you don't need to know about that. <laughs> and uh, the new vlog, the uh, the uh, Birds All Day uh, vlog. New one went up today. One that took me way too long to create and to put together because I'm lazy and because it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Soderbergh-esque is what I heard. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Devang is Devang is not a reliable narrator of of, of <laughs> that experience. So. Or any. Uh, or any. What? Or any. Well, no. Well, and <laughs> Devang is the best. I mean, what? A, yeah. Absolutely. No one would ever say otherwise. Yeah. But. <laughs> so check that out on YouTube and uh, got uh, about the idea. So the next one will hopefully will be a little bit different. In that I'm going to decide what I'm going to talk about before I put turn the camera on, so that that will be that'll be, <laughs> that'll be a little bit different. Hopefully, it looks a little bit better as well. Working with my uh, my gear, I'm bringing in some gear here, little by little. Got to I got to earn it. But um, so yeah, if you if you and if you like that, leave a comment. You can subscribe to that. Uh, but most of all, of course, we love everyone who heads over to Patreon.com/slash/BirdsAllDay and signs up and uh, and helps keep the show running. Because that uh, we couldn't do it without you, and you can of course read Stoughton at the Athletic. Prolific, prolific this week. Chats, takes, loving it. Season, and you, you, you got your catcher thing out too. Finally, yeah, yeah. 
and then I decided that you know the things that I'm pissing and moaning about on Twitter, maybe I should write about those. Maybe that's not a bad idea. So yeah, prolific. Had a good week. Good for you. Yeah, we love to see it. Baseball's baseball's. Uh, it's been a good week. Up. Yeah, there's been people stuff. are getting paid. Craig Kimbrell still sitting out there. Dallas Keuchel still sitting out there. Go for it. Go call him up, Ross Atkins. What do you have to lose? Other than all kinds of money. Uh, so that's it for this edition of Birds All Day. For Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Ferris. We'll talk to you next time.